0: May. Golden State. Suicidal thoughts. A year without speed. Floyd Mayweather comes up short. Your guy just confessed to eight murders. Lizette. The part about Josie. It's May 4th, 2007. The morning after the Golden State Warriors won the first round of the NBA playoffs against a Dallas team that was supposed to be one of the best ever to play the game. I'm not thinking about murder confessions. I'm taking Adderall, a Schedule D amphetamine salt combo, emptying the time-release capsules into glasses of orange juice, trying to break down the casings surrounding the amphetamines to see if I can get all the speed at once. I swirl the juice, press against the beads with the back of a spoon. I take five milligrams at eight, five more at noon. My roommate is gone. He left his door open and his computer sitting on the floor, and I shuttle back and forth between his room, where I pass hours playing cards online, and my room, where I stare out the window and struggle to write something, and then give up and go back to his room and play some more cards. It's a lonely, pointless existence, but that's what happens. I head to a party at a small publishing house in the Mission, all the kids are there, eating cake and bean dip and drinking beer. It's five o'clock and they're off work. One girl wears bright red pants that come to her rib cage. She's just back from Germany and says everybody in Europe is wearing these kinds of pants. I talk with Doug and Brent about the Warriors' run, how they barely even made the playoffs. I have the Chicago Bulls DVDs at home, Doug says. I watch the games of the 90s over and over again. It helps me relax. You know the best player on that team wasn't Michael Jordan. It was Scotty Pippen. Scotty could dunk from the free throw line at any time. He just elevated and it was done. I know what he's talking about. I lived in Chicago all those years. I remember the playoffs against New York. Scotty Pippen flying into Patrick Ewing like a warhead destroying a mountain. Of course it was Jordan, and to a lesser extent Phil Jackson, who enabled Pippin to do what he did. He was never any good after he left the Bulls. He had his payoff, his championship rings, his millions, the rest no one will ever know. I feel ready to kill myself. After the party, I stop at the cafe. There's a girl from the writing program there, one of the new fellows. She's young, with bright red cheeks and a mop of healthy brown hair. She says she had been somewhere and heard someone say my name. She says it bitterly. I'm famous, I say, which is why I have so much money. Women follow me everywhere. But I'm joking. I don't have any money. I've had writer's block for almost two years. I go home and start drinking. By midnight, it's done. I'm asleep on the couch, beneath an eight-panel collage my ex-girlfriend Lisette made for me. She made it while she was still living with her husband in a little house on the other side of the bay, before our relationship broke apart her marriage. Each panel is two feet high and 18 inches wide and comprised mostly of fetish models cut from mainstream magazines, women in gas masks, men on operating tables stuck full of hypodermic needles. Glossy pictures glued on black cardboard, peeling at the edges. It's the only decoration I have. The collage brought us back together for a while, but in the end it was the unfinished work of a child, an accurate description of us both. I have two roommates who won't be coming home. We live in a large, cheap apartment in the outer mission with strange gray carpet and a view of the water reclamation plant on a hill nearby. So instead of going to my room, I fall asleep on the couch and then eventually go downstairs where I toss and dream until morning when I wake up feeling scratchy but fine and take 10 milligrams of Adderall and hope I can do this without doing it again.